Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the Walk Pod pre-match phone-in. Good to be back. Thank you all for your patience while I took a brief hiatus. And with me, as always, my co-host Ian. How are you getting on tonight, Ian? You can't get the staff, can you? No, I'm good, mate. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad uh, you know you're all good now and uh, and we're back at it. And uh, yeah, no, no, good to be on. Yeah, well, you know, fortunately, we only missed, you know, one post-match space, one podcast. Um, but, you know, mental health is very serious. Like, I've, I've been in a dark place for the past two weeks. Um, I just want to say thanks to everyone who reached out to me. Uh, you all really pulled me away from the brink. Um, I love our fan base. Like, everyone was top class. They really were. Um but oh right away we got a request let's um let's bring in ross to give us his thoughts about the game tomorrow which uh, we can discuss in depth um but before we bring in ross ian how are your nerves for tomorrow cuz aston villa won 11 games at home on the spin. Oh, well, we well, we ain't going to get beat tomorrow might get beat on sunday though um... <laughs> it's uh it's it's tough with all the these premier league matches you know and games getting moved around so that i forget what days of the week everything is uh, that burnley game that that you know it, it's the schrodinger cat of uh of games right now like it, it may be played on a friday it may be on a saturday it might be on a monday who the fuck knows <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, going back to that, Aston Villa, obviously, they're, they're scoring for fun, aren't they? And they've got the run at home and everything else like that. But, you know, it's Luton Town and anything, anything can happen and we, we're we known for upsetting teams. So, um, full of optimism still, but, you know, it's going to be a tough match. But they all are, aren't they? Um, I don't expect us to get absolutely hammered. Um, it'll be, I, I expect a, a close affair again, but... I know we're light at the back, um, but we'll be in it. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Touch wood that we're not going to get hammered. Um, it would be proper looting if we went there after they've, you know, essentially the only teams that have scored more points than Aston Villa since Emery took over. Man City, Arsenal and Liverpool. It would be proper looting if we went there and got a result tomorrow. Draw or win. Yeah, I think they're, hilarious. They're, they're averaging two points a game since he came in, which is, you know, 
it's great, really. Um, you know, it, I thought he did an all right job at Arsenal as well, and Valencia when he was there. Um, decent manager, and obviously um, he's got a good record so far with Villa, so. Oh, very much so. I, th- I watched the uh, the Luton Town pre-match uh, interview with Rob Edwards, and they just flashed up a graphic. When he took over, they were 17th in the league. They they were genuinely, you know, in with a shot of getting relegated. Um, I don't remember. Who was, that? Who was their manager? It was Steven Gerrard, wasn't it? God, what a shit manager he is. Um, and, and now they're fifth. Yeah. Absolutely mad. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they've spent a, a whole host of money. So um, they've obviously got, they're well equipped to go up the league, but um, nothing, take nothing away from him. He's obviously done a very good job. Um, but so has Rob Edwards. So uh, it's all to play for on Sunday. Eh? Yeah, very much is. Interestingly, this is the first time we played them since August 2016. We beat them 3 1 in the Carabao. And that was James Justin's debut. Yeah, there was that awful. Own goal, weren't they, from their uh, their player? I forgot his name. Great, own yeah, super fantastic. I haven't seen anything like that for a while, but um, but yeah, no, that was a good result, and uh, yeah. Well, we seem to have lost our speaker. Yeah. Uh, if anyone else wants to request to speak, you know, please feel free jump in. Um, we just want everyone's thoughts on, you know, the game on Sunday, not. Not the game tomorrow, but um, you know, how about Ian? While while we're here, why don't we talk about Wayne Rooney's comments? Because those no, got some on social media. Do you know what? Do you know what, lads? It's not that fucking deep. It was just a simple post that constructed a couple of minutes to put together. But everyone's got their own opinions, haven't they? And um, mine is that we we did play football in parts um, last season. Um, we were more than one dimensional, and and that's the reason we got promoted because we were adaptable um, and more so probably when Rob Edwards came in. Um, it's certainly not route one. Um, it is direct, high turnovers, lots of pressing. Um, but when we need to so we play football as well, you know, there's plenty of goals and sequences that showed us we can play football. Um, and that's all it was really a, a throwaway comment. But um, my main point was, you know, he's not really set his managerial career alight in any division he's been in. Um, so for him to say, you know, judge what type of football is being played was a bit rich. But, you know, again, like I say, it really wasn't that deep. And obviously it upset a few Luton fans who wanted to moan about me moaning. But, you know, all <laughs> power to him. But um, it is what it is. It's all for the likes and clicks, likes and clicks. Yeah, people were saying... Oh, Luton fans, they like a moan. Um, weren't moaning. Um, weren't moaning I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. If, if, if we're honest, you love a moan, right? I'm not a moaner. I don't really moan. That's probably one of the ta- only times I've moaned this season, and it wasn't even fucking deep. Jesus. I, I do like a I moan. Mean, I do. Do you know what? Just If, if you're going to moan about someone moaning, just fucking grow up. Don't, stop being a wet lettuce. Jesus. It's only Wayne Rooney and a throwaway comment. But it's made me chuckle all night, some of the comments, but... You know, each their own. I what I don't like is when people say, when when people talk about playing football, like his his comments of, oh yeah, two teams went up that played played football. We're all playing fucking football. That's part of playing football. There are different tactics. It's not like we're playing rugby. Yeah, I think 
it's not like we're spamming some sort of secret formula and that's how we got up. We we went up by being the third best team in the championship last season yeah. and winning in the playoffs. Like I say, you know, it really isn't that deep. I, I think, you know, it's insinuating it's kind of hoofball, this, that and the other. But I think that's what people kind of insinuate now when they say people don't play football. But um, I think if anything, um, you know, we played lots of different types of football last season, which is one of the reasons why why we went up. You know, we weren't one-dimensional like Sunderland or, you know, like Coventry. You know, we had more about us, which is why we ended up third, you know. Um, and that is playing football to me, you know. Um, yeah, we, we had a plan A, we had a plan B. Exactly, yeah. And some of the, some of the football we did play last season was sensational. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I understand when people say, oh, you know, they, they see it as direct. We were direct for vast parts of last season. But when we needed to play football, we played football. We played to our strengths, you know, it is what it is. We recruited for athletic types for that reason, to press high up and turn it over quickly. That's what we did. A lot of our, our long ball play was on the floor, you know. It wasn't just booted up. It's probably been more so this season, um, diagonals and whatnot. But... Um, is what it is. It's again, you know, not that deep. It's only Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah. was... Well, I'll tell you what, you know, that that Elijah Adebayo goal against um, Nottingham Forest, if Man City had scored that, if that had been a diagonal ball from fucking Gil Diaz or John Stones and Erling Haaland taking it down on his chest, like uh, Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker would have wanked themselves into a coma over that. Yeah, I watched it back so many times. It was a, it was a great goal. And what a ball from Locks. What a player he is. But fantastic. The, the control, the, the ball and the control was better than the actual strike for me. It's just both both them pieces of play were just fantastic. Um, and what guile for um, Andy Bayo, you know, in the place that he's been at the last week or two. And. Um, it's good to hear him come out this week that he appreciates the fans and the players and stuff from, you know, sticking with him and being behind him and stuff. That's, you know, it's great to see. It shows how, um, you know, resilient he is as well. You know, he's been on and off the, the bench, which he wouldn't have wanted. Obviously, he's had racism two weeks in a row now. Um, and obviously could be accused of being a bit goal shy and missing chances, but you know, he's there, he's got two goals from open play now, which is, you know, great for a lad that's come from Walsall for very little money. Very much so. Let's bring in Christian. Good evening, Christian, mate. Well, good afternoon for you across the ponds. How are you getting yeah. on? Uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, kind of miss kind of miss not having the podcast last few weeks. I was the international break and also uh, you just taking a break because your mental health completely understandable. Uh, and of course, you know, you got to do what's best for you. Um, but first, before I kind of give my thoughts about about Sunday, I got to ask, is it normal for the media to just pick out one team that gets promoted to just absolutely shit on the entire year? Like we're out of the relegation zone. We're doing great. We have really good players. And yet the media is still treating us as if we're like some kind of team that only got promoted out of dumb luck. Yeah, it's like we won the lottery, isn't it? It's, no, it's, it's not. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean the media like treating us like we're some jammy lottery winner. That's well, is that normal? Though? Is that normal? Ends up in the prem. Yeah. Was that normal? Yeah, in answer to your question, Christian, I think it's it's normal now for media to try and create a narrative, whoever it is, to be able to um, 
create engagement you know that's that's how it is you know um especially in the world of social media it's changed ever so slightly um and i think it has that effect if it's if it wasn't us it'd be somebody else you know we shouldn't take it personally and i don't think we do deep down it's just we we have the off offhand comments sometimes about it but it is what it is you know um but I have I have seen that tide and that narrative turning over the last few weeks for obvious reasons. I know it was only like twenty seconds on um, match of the day the other day, but um, you know you could tell they were they were positive about it and positive about us and and, and stuff. And and the amount of articles that have come out this last week of Luton being the best of a bad, bad bunch, this that and the other. Um, that tide is turning slightly, but it's to be expected. You know where the we're you know, we've got the smallest stadium apart from Bournemouth and probably the smallest club apart from Bournemouth. Um, so it is what it is, but you know, I hear what you're saying and 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 while that makes sense, it'd be nice if maybe, you know, the media like, wouldn't already have their minds made up they were gonna get relegated. Because honestly honestly, the way I see things right now, I don't I, I don't think we get relegated. You know, we have Everton that's going to get a points penalty. There's three teams that are already below us, two of them without a win. You know, yeah. I mean, know, you can call us the best of a bad bunch, but, you know, you don't have to win the league. You only have to not be in the bottom three. So Yeah, but both those teams, I think Bournemouth could sack their manager and bring in a firefighter like, well, Sam Allardyce has never managed them, has he? They might even bring back Harry Redknapp. Um and who's the other one? Uh, Sheffield United. Yeah, I, I, I saw someone today, someone floated the idea on the Discord server that Chris Wilder might even be going back there. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. It, it might be what they need. It's clearly not working for Hackenbottom at the moment. But, you know, this whole media thing, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I understand what you're saying. But I actually think it's probably a good thing for us. I think it drives the players on, the manager... I think, you know, I, I don't think it affects us at all. Um, we work you know. better with a siege mentality. We always have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same when we were in, in the old Division 1, you know, all that, that time ago. We we were the the, the small fight team that, that won the League Cup in 88. You know, it's always been the same, you know. Um, it is what it is. We, you know, we've just got to ride with it. Right, right. Uh, on Sunday, you know, Aston Villa playing obviously at Villa Park, and you know they won. You know, I believe it's eleven straight games at Villa Park. Yeah, I gotta say, close. yeah, I gotta say Sunday's gonna be tough, and I will honestly be surprised if we even get a draw. But I don't think we get curb stomped. I don't think that it's gonna be a blowout, and I definitely don't think that it's gonna be a game that's going to uh, hurt the team long term. Yeah, I see it this way. Um, they've already been beaten by Everton, shown that they can be beaten. Um, they've had another game midweek this week, and look at our performance against Top Tottenham for for large swathes of the game, and and parts of Chelsea and parts of Brighton. They were all similar ilk of teams. Yeah, Aston Villa are scoring a fair amount, but our defensive unit is pretty strong, no matter who we have in there. Um, I wouldn't write us off now. Um, yeah, we've got a chance. It, it, no doubt, it's going to be tough. Every, every single game is going to be tough in this division because everyone else has got different things to play for, you know. Um, but Aston Villa's run has got to come to an end at some point at home, and it'll be just something that very Luton-esque to do it. 
Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christian, for coming on. Hopefully you'll enjoy the podcast again on uh, on it'll Wednesday, be a Wednesday when it comes down. Yeah, and hope, on Wednesday. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a positive one as well after Aston Villa. Phil, are you ready? Are you going to come on and uh, say your two penneth? Hi, guys. Yeah, you're all right. All right Good man. evening, um, Phil. Evening, evening. Um, yeah, I was, I was just picking up on the point that Christian was making about the media thing, and I think um, I've, I've spoken to you guys before about, like, unfortunately for my sins, I, I do listen to talk sport rather a lot on my commute to work. And um, I think it's just laziness, I think, from the media in many ways. It's, it's so easy to pick on an unfashionable name that's never been there before. I think that there's a, there is a sort of, a bias towards Burnley because of because of Vincent Company because of his sort of Premier League status um, with Man City and I think that's I mean yesterday I heard Alex Crook he was talking about um, Everton getting this twelve point penalty and the first thing he said was they'll go below Luton uh, and maybe <laughs> a couple of others three other teams yeah. as well yeah they? exactly and it was one of those ones where. Um, you kind of wanted to, first of all, respond and say, you do realise that Luton are outside of the, the relegation zone at the minute. But uh, but it is what it is. I guess it's, like I say, we'll, we'll take that we'll take that as fuel, I think, um, and try and prove some people wrong. I think you were right about um, the rumours around Chris Wilder um, in regards to Paul Heckingbottom. And, and they've got Arsenal this weekend, I think. So... Um, He'll do well to keep his job after that after that game if it, if it comes down to this weekend. Um, and lastly, I, was just, I mean, you, you've seen the piece that I've written. I am I am sort of apprehensive about about Sunday. I think that it's going to be a really really tough game. But like I say, it's one of those things where we've got confidence as well. We did we were not miraculous, but it was it was quite some comeback in the amount of time we had left in the game um, last week and. We'll take huge confidence from that. And um, like I say, we weren't without our chances throughout the game. Sometimes we rode our luck, but sometimes so did they. So I'll go into it as positive as I can do. And like I say, it's, a, it's an away day in the Premier League. Any point is massive. Um, we said that after the Forest game. And, and actually, four out of our five points have come away from home. So um, as much as we get written off away from home, actually, in many ways, that's where we've been doing better. So... Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to travelling up to Villa Park, seeing a proper old stadium again, and and uh, hoping for a positive result. So we'll we'll just see who's in defence because apparently uh, Burke isn't going to be back. I saw. So uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll yeah, see that, how that pans out. Interesting one. So Burke had a scan. Uh, from what I've heard, he'll be out for up to four weeks, which is concerning. Fortunately, Gabe is back. You know, he he played sixty minutes to the under twenty ones, but. Is obviously a big step from the under-21s to playing Premier League football, especially when Gabe's never played Premier League football before. It looks like he'll be a return to the back four, but do you reckon, Phil, we could see Ross Barkley starting? I, th- I think so. I think um, the impact that he had against Forrest was, was, was so, so good. I mean, it was... Um... It was just that Premier League experience. As soon as he came on, there was such an assurance in the middle of the of the park. He got on the ball and he wasn't rushed into anything, and he played it out wide. He got the those important pacey players involved, and I just feel like um, he's trained with us for quite a few weeks now, and he's he's 
getting to know who he can trust in the ball and everything like that. And I don't know. I just thought that his his power and his skill and his and his and his brain on the ball was was there for all to see. So I'm hoping that we've probably again as we usually play with sort of like the we're not dominant in in possession um, at the best of times. Well, when we do have it, we need to use it well. And I think that that plays into Barkley's skill set. So I, I'd like to think that he'd start this weekend. I think that hopefully his fitness, even if he gives us the first hour and gets us in the game, you know, I think that that'd be, that'd be a massive boost for us. Yeah, very much so. Like he does have that eye for the pass. Um, in, in his 18 minutes, that he played 25 touches, had two good balls into the final third. He actually was making things happen. There was one chance Corley Woodrow could have scored and that would have easily been goal of the month because it was beautiful one-two touch passing. Um, there, was, there was one moment with him, with Ross Barkley, where he did lose the ball on, on the edge of the area that led to the disallowed Chris Wood goal. Um, hopefully, though, that was just a warning sign and he can sort of make sure he doesn't do that again, like play play around with the ball away from our goal as it were. Um, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to him starting. I think he'd work really well in the double pivot role. Um, uh, I don't know. I want I want your thoughts on this, though. Is it time to drop Jacob Brown and make space for another, perhaps, actual midfielder? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's that difficulty about the energy that he brings and the physicality he brings, he's, he's, he's quick. He, he works hard. Um, but he's, but he's proven to not be a natural in front of goal. I, I think there's been a couple of opportunities that he's had where he's, he's been quite wasteful. There was that header wasn't there against forest and you can't think of find a, find a corner. Um, he did it, very it, well I, to get it right of the goalkeeper. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, but it's, it's one of those, it depends on whether or not Rob Edwards plays wants a workhorse, and again, maybe in a away game he wants more of a a focus on the work ethic and the and the and the tracking back, or if he just feels like he wants someone more with an eye for goal. And like I say, do you play Elijah now that he's had a massive confidence boost um, and scored a fantastically taken goal, or do you stick with a workhorse that? goes and goes and goes and goes until he gets taken off. Um, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I'll, I'm going to um, tap out at that point and say, see if someone else will commit. <laughs> yeah, Ian, any thoughts on that? Because I'd much rather just see us with two wide men and then pack the midfield and yeah. just get balls into to Morris. I'm not too far away from Phil, to be honest. I, I, I do think we need a little bit more of a workhorse in there and someone that's going to disrupt the play because... Aston Villa had 444 passes against West Ham, 89% uh, accurate. You know, we need to disrupt some of that um, and someone that can kind of keep the ball as well. So, you know, I I think Barkley um, should start for me for for that reason, to try and give us a little bit more control over the ball rather rather than actually giving it away. Um, It's a tough one on Brown because if he he comes out... I struggled to see him getting back in. I think he's trying to keep the faith with him because he thinks it's going to pay off at some point, which it might. And, and you know, Elijah's been really good off the bench as well. So I don't know if we change things in that regard. I think I think he, st- he starts tomorrow, personally. 
So you think persists with the two up top. In my opinion, I find when we played two up top, the front two were just chasing shadows in the press. It's very rare that we win anything final third turnovers, really. Yeah, it all depends on which stage of the game we're at, really. Um, we seem to to just be a, a yard or two off it when for fast ways of the game until the last stages, really, and then we start to push a little bit more. Um, that seems to be the game plan where we can try and then get something from it. Um, I, yeah, it's diff- It's a difficult one. You know, I'm pretty sure fitness comes comes into 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 the picture at this stage of the season because we saw that on on Saturday against Forest. You know, they kind of died off after a little while, um, and we we seem to have significantly. I know the momentum went with us, but we seem to be a lot more energetic than they did, um, and maybe that might be a part on Sunday as well with Aston Villa having a game in midweek, um, and obviously having a very um, astute game. On, on Saturday against West Ham. So, I don't know, it's a tough one. Uh, I bloody hope you're right about, you know, their game yesterday impacting their fitness. Uh, this is a good time to bring in Adam Driscoll. Good evening, Adam. How are you going on? Are you looking forward to the game on Sunday? Hey, guys. Yeah, not bad, thank you. Um, I am, yeah. Um, it's going to be tough. I think I probably wouldn't have said Villa away was a free hit at the start of the season, but given their form and everything they're doing, it definitely falls into that category. Um, but yeah, just see see how we get on. I, I agree with Phil. I think, yeah, Brown probably is time to bring him out. Um, I personally would put Adebayo in and maybe keep him wide. Um, and uh, Ogbené still wide of Morris as well. But um, yeah, we just got to try it really and see how it goes. Yeah, I'd love to see Elijah like wide, isolating the full-backs and running at them. I just think he has such a amazing, amazing way of carrying the ball, and I'd yeah. I'd love to see that in full flow um, for you know during the limited possession that we do have in the game. Uh, I I am nervous though. Um, I'd say I'm a bit more nervous than I was against Spurs. All right. Okay. What, what, I know what, that's a weird what reason. One, right? What's your reasoning for that? Because um, because Villa are in shit pot form at home, eleven on the bounce, um, scoring for fun. They are very very direct, unlike Tottenham. And I feel, I feel directness. What with a back four, is a bit tricky for us to handle. Whereas when we were coming up against direct teams with a back three, we had more coverage at the back. I feel there's there's scope for our fullbacks, Doughty and, and Kabore, to get caught out quite a bit on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. I mean, I mean, as as attacking as those two are, you, you've essentially then got like basically two defenders, haven't you? Um, I know you've got you've got protection in front of. In front of them with with Marv, um, probably Pelly, but it does you do seem quite exposed. Um, and yeah, obviously, yeah, there's a reason that a lot of people are captaining Ollie Watkins, for example, in their fantasy team, and I'm oh, I'm one of those. So I oh no, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I'm more than happily take a two pointer from him if it means that we pick up something. Um, but I just I don't know how we keep someone like that quiet 
um, when we've got four at the back and two two attacking wing backs. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, very much so. Well, we we've got a comment from Phil Hill. Uh, everyone, get your comments in. If anything you want to say about the game coming up on Sunday, I'll read them out. Phil says teams are complacent against us. Well, I, I fucking hope so, Phil. Uh, and he goes on to say, which gives us an opportunity. Ross Barkley needs to start, in his opinion. I I agree with you, Phil. I really do. And. Uh, I, I do hope they are complacent. I saw a bit of Unai Emery's um, pre-match conference where he has done his homework. He knows what we're about. So I do fear that they're not going to be complacent against us. I think like one of the big six, they would be complacent against us. They wouldn't know what we're about. But I feel like a team like Villa, I think they do their homework on everyone they play against. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, certain teams do um, have an air of complacency against us. But the one thing from Villa as well is that they can be got at. They still conceded 14 shots against West Ham, um, which is, you know, is, is high in any book. So there will be chances for us. It's Again, it's just whether we can take them. Um, I, I I don't know why I, and I don't like making predictions. I just feel there's something I feel about this game that we can do something. Um, but like um, Adam Adam said, or Phil said, you know, it does feel a bit like a, a free hit as well. So um, I don't think the players will be thinking like that. They'll they'll obviously know what's what they're up against. Um, and as Rob Edwards said, we're going to be, have to be a lot better than we were against Knott's Forest. You know, we were off it a little bit. I, I, would you say, Ollie, that it was? One of our worst performances of the season in turn before the 80th minute. I would be inclined to agree with you there. It yeah. was we were very lucky. It had shades of those that first half an hour against Spurs about it, where yeah. we, we were hanging in at times. Burke was getting isolated against Alanga. Uh, he d- he did well. He did very well, but I, I don't think it was the most generous things for Rob Edwards to do to Reese Burke considering his history of hamstring injuries yeah when, when we pick our heads up and we know we can start to affect the game if we have like a five minute period we know we can compete sometimes we just I think we lack that little bit of confidence that we're able to do it and I think until we pick our heads up in like you saw after Tottenham and you know Notts County and then we had the, the run of games where we were doing really, really well you know, once we pick our heads up, we start to compete really, really well, and it's hard for teams. You know, we make it really, really hard. Um, I just hope we start in that fashion um, on Sunday. And you know, we just don't on have... that, but yeah, well, why do you say we make it hard for teams? I think a lot of the teams that have come to Kenilworth Road have explicitly said it's one of their hardest games that they've had to play. Yeah, well, it's because we, we we turn it over so quickly. We're so fast on the break. Um, obviously a very strong athletic team and that's you know there's not too much of that in the Premier League you know so it is hard for teams um, but as soon as we get the ball we, we break so quickly are we, I think we're fifth in the league for that um, yeah what well, part, part is per defensive action yeah 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 so you know it's going to be difficult yeah. and we move the ball up fastest I think uh, I, 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 don't, I can't remember where I read it might have been Sporting Life, where they said we moved the ball at 2.8 metres per second or something. I don't even know how they, they can calculate that. 
but I'll take it. Like we're one of the fastest in progressing the ball. I think the only team that's faster than us at progressing the ball is West Ham. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah. Uh, before I uh, bring in Mark the Hatter's comment, I'll just uh, Phil Hill had a follow up comment where he said, "It's irrelevant what homework the manager does." Talking about Unai Emery, uh, it doesn't always filter down to the players. And then crossed armed emoji, looking defiant. I, I guess the players might be thinking they might have that mindset. Well, it's Luton, you know, written them off. They're going down. I got none of their players in my fantasy football team. They're not going to do jack shit, are they? Uh, so yeah, it's another good point from Phil. Like, let's hope the players are complacent, and Unai Emery is just. Uh, let's hope Unai Emery has a bad evening. I don't know <laughs> if anyone gets that. No, go on, explain. Yeah, you... <laughs> I just, just saw the crying laughing emoji from Adam. He gets it, he gets it. Um, I'll bring in the panel for this one. So Mark the Hatter says, so do we think the shape on Sunday will be a 4-2-3-1? Let's start with you, Ian. Thoughts uh, on that? You reckon double pivot in front of the back four? Yeah, I, I, I do, just, just because of their obsession on the ball and the, the amount of passing that they do I think we, we need it also I think you know it's, it's a it's a, it's a game for for Mav to shine in isn't it tomorrow on, on Sunday rather um, yeah no, I think too. it will be well same for Ross as well Ross Barkley uh, was at Aston Villa wasn't he as well oh yeah he was briefly at Aston Villa shame we haven't got James Bree still in the team because well, one not, we need uh, we need right-sided defenders and um also, he sort of could stick two fingers up at Aston Villa for like letting them go on the cheap. Yeah, well, I think that'll be more one for um, Ross Barkley, won't it? Because he's only there for a short period of time. He'll he'll, he'll have a point to prove. Um, whereas, uh, you know, Marv kind of knew the situation and did well did well for them, but they transitioned on from that. So, um, yeah, it'll be a good one for players going back. Aston Villa still love Marv as well, so he'll get a good reception. So, do you reckon a double pivot of yep. Marvin Pelly, Marvin Barkley? Marvin Barkley, I think. And he's not yeah. going to Pelly tomorrow. You don't, you don't sneak in Luke Berry in that double pivot? Oh, I'd love to do one. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I think it'll be Barkley in the camp, but I don't think it's the right game for Pelly tomorrow to be, um, on Sunday. Um, he might uh, be chasing shadows. He likes he will to be, chase yeah. things. It, it'd just be like chasing shadows. I think we need Barkley's head, a cool head on shoulders. Like, essentially, Marv win the ball back. Just get it to Barkley. Essentially, it's like um, the Tottenham Hotspurs tactic when they had Luka Modric. I think they had that that midfielder and and whoever their manager was at the time. It was like win the ball. It doesn't matter if uh, Luka Modric is one yard away or twenty yards away. Get the ball to Luka Modric, and that yeah. very much could be the case. Like Barkley will be like the beating heart of the team. Uh, let's go to Christian. Christian. Do you think it'll be a four-two-three-one? Would you like to see us do any other formations? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you um, guys. Uh, I don't. I don't really uh, know football formations. So, uh, whatever the common consensus is, I'll go with that. <laughs> Fair play. Don't don't get any splinters sitting on the fence. Uh, Phil, what are your thoughts? What would you like to see? Uh, yeah, I think. Um, I think you've pretty much got it spot on there. Um, I think that, like I say, the four at the back because of the, the injury situation, um, I think that that probably help us out by having to worry about one less 
centre-back. I think the double pivot in the middle um, with the two ex-Aston Villa boys and then, yeah, go for the the, the three and the one up top. I, 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 I think, from my perspective, that's probably the way that we should go this weekend. So, um, yeah, not much more to add other than my agreement, really. Yeah, and Adam, what, what do you want to see us do? Do you reckon double pivot at the back? No, nah, I'm going to disagree just for the sake of it. Uh, I reckon I would go... So the three in midfield against Forrest was Chong, Nakamba and uh, Penny. Penny, wasn't it? Yeah. So I Penny. would I, I would bring Barkley in instead of Chong. I'd probably keep that. I mean, it, it depends how you structure the midfield, but I'd, I'd essentially go three in midfield just with that one change. And then I would be three up front with Adebayo coming in for Brown. I feel like having a double pivot and then kind of four attackers is too much, too much exposure for a good attacking Villa team. So I'd be more inclined to keep a solid midfield three and let Barkley venture as and when we've got the ball. That's very fair. Um, Chio Ogbeni is going to be vital, vital out ball, vital tracking back in that formation. Here's a question as well. How fucked are we if Chio Ogbeni gets injured? Very. Because we're, and we are because you know if you had Brown doing the same thing as Ogbeni in in the same threat and just like generally how he's playing, then I'd be less concerned. But you know everything's going down that left side through like Doughty and Ogbeni. If we lose Ogbeni now, it you know Adebayo is a different type of player on that side, isn't he? Um, you know, so we would be a bit screwed to be honest with you. Um, whether or not he might think about sticking Ryan Giles in and playing Giles higher up. Um, but it's not really a question we want to think about, is it? Because I think we would really lose a lot of our attacking intent, um, which would be a big shame. I, I See, I, I sound like a broken record because I want to see the left-hand side being Doughty behind Giles. I want to see that because those first couple of weeks where... Giles was playing. He was whipping in balls. I want to see Morris and Ogbené on the end of them. I really do. Because he he was he was leading the division, essentially. He, he was third in um, open play crosses. I just want to see more of that. I can't believe Giles hasn't made it into the... hasn't stamped his authority on the place. And I feel with this new formation, like sort of a 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 with, with two wide men. I feel Giles is perfect for that because he hasn't got the onus on him defensively. That That's what we want. You know, he can track back, but he doesn't have to be the furthest left back. He doesn't have to be the furthest back on the left-hand side. I, I want to see that. I want to see a front three of Giles, Morris and Ogbeni. I love Ogbeni. I, but, I just love Ogbeni. Yeah, so that, that's, that's a potential, isn't it? I mean, Talking about like, who comes in for Brown, and we we immediately jump on Adebayo, um, and I think probably Adebayo would be would be right given his confidence and form. But Giles is an option, and, and moving Ogbeni over to the right hand side, I, I certainly wouldn't be against seeing that for a game, um, and see how Giles goes. As you say, that bit further up, less defensive responsibilities, um, and uh, a wand of a left foot, and also. Ogbené cuts in quite a lot, doesn't he? Which is great because he's quick. But having Giles to be able to stay out there um, and put balls in with his left foot would be would be interesting. Yeah, it really would. It really would. I see Christian. You got your hand up. What's on your mind, mate? 
Yeah, I'm more in the camp of what if we don't talk about what happens if our best players get injured? Um, I think if we do it in <laughs> May, uh, we're going to kind of be screwed. We're going um, to discuss it. It always happens to us. If we lose Ogbene, uh, my opinion about our survival status uh, might change. Just uh, just putting that out there. Yeah, well, I 100% agree with you. Um, he's been such a shining light for us. He really wouldn't. Someone else would have to, you know, step up massively. They really that, would. That being um, said, Ollie, um, yeah. even last season and, and parts of this season, yeah, when we've had players out, you know, our defence again has had massive holes in it. People have stepped up, you know. I, I don't think, although he'd be a big miss, I don't think our performances would be dramatically decreased. I think someone else would step up. Probably not give quite as a good performance, but I think I don't think it'd leave a massive gap. I think we, we've got a deep squad to be able to, you know, bounce back from him potentially getting injured, but... Yeah, I admire your optimism. We got a comment here from Matt Lander about how we take on Aston Villa. Um, shut up shop like we did at Fulham. Frustrate as long as we can. Back the boys loud and proud like we have done away all season. I kind of agree. Like we've got to, you know, try and hit on the break, work on transitions. And of course, the away fans have to continue being the best away fans in the division. Yeah, are they? Is that are we all in the the camp of yes for that? Um, are we? Do we have the best away fans in the division? Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. Well, we out sing the uh, the home fans regularly, don't we? <laughs> so some yeah, of the home always... fans this season have been shocking. Yeah, I think we could, our, our our fans have been absolutely awesome. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know, we, there's always a slab. Had bias that, and obviously home crowds are normally always worse than the away fans. Anyway, um, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, based on all the uh, all the away fans that have visited the Kenny, they, there yeah, have been some absolutely awful fans this to season. To be fair, yeah, yeah, true. It'll be interesting to see what Liverpool are like because they're, they're sort of prided on being really. Um, loud and passionate fans I bet it's like a fucking library in the Oak Road end with them well I think as their actual um, proper contingent rather than the tourist trap they've got at Anfield these days um, you know after you know, you'll never walk alone it's, it's it's dead at Anfield isn't it unless it's yeah. a Man United or an Everton or, or whatnot. but um, yeah it'll be interesting to see because they were, they were decent enough way back when Alonso scored that goal. That was a good atmosphere, that game. Um, I think that'll be their actual, you know, hardcore fans that come to that game. I hope Same you're with right. Man United. I hope you're yeah. right. We actually had um, some American Liverpool fan that came onto the subreddit because he was desperate to um, Get partake in the atmosphere of the Kenny. And he was saying, how do I go about getting tickets for this game? And we we had to tell him, look, you're not going to get into the home end. And then he came up with the idea that he'll just hang around the away end and offer large amounts of money to people to um, to get their tickets, which I, I thought was a terrible idea personally, but I'm not going to tell him how to spend his money or tell him to be careful of his own personal security. That, that's his problem, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, if anyone else wants to uh, jump on, give their thoughts about the upcoming game on Sunday. Um, any final thoughts, Ian? Yeah, well, a question for you, really, a question for anyone that's currently speaking on here, but how are you currently feeling? Uh, I was speaking to my dad about this, actually, today. How are you currently feeling about our chances this season? Are you more optimistic than the start of the season? Less so? Because I'm feeling pretty optimistic, just, just because of how close the matches have been and our spirit, and I can still see that there's there's room for improvement. So I'm feeling very optimistic, but how are you feeling? Yeah, when I came to the season, I had never watched. Um, wait, you guys can still hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we can. Okay, hear good. You. Okay, good. Okay, good. On my end, it's not showing that the uh, the uh, the three lines that Sam is speaking. Okay, um, when I came to the season, I had never watched soccer before, and so I didn't know what to expect. But as I've watched this team uh, through the nine games I believe we've played this season, I'm very optimistic about our chances to stay up. We've played teams that are a lot more uh, talent, talent rich than us, and we've and, and we've played them close. We nearly drew with Spurs and almost beat Spurs at home. Um, we beat Everton, which Everton's been in the top flight forever. Uh, at the moment, I don't see us going down. You know. At, at the moment, I see us being a good 16th, 17th, staying up for at least one more season um, and possibly being uh, being one of those teams that, um, you know, makes the Premier League their home over the next you know few years. I'm inclined to agree with you, Christian. I'm inclined to agree. Um, I haven't seen anything that's worrying from us. Like, sure, there, there's been the odd brain fart moment where we've let a team just cut through us, like like Burnley, where they just two passes and they were through on goal. But mostly, we've been a solid unit. And the players all know what this is about. They all know what's on the line. They're, they're playing for contracts. They're playing for bonuses. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about it. I see Phil's got his hand up. Phil, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, the, the one of the most important attributes that we're going to have to show especially over the next seven or eight league games is is resilience and um and some serious mental toughness because um i hear what christian was saying but what i would say is that we've we've played spurs out of the sort of big big six really um we've obviously got a tough run coming up we've got liverpool we've got man united we've got arsenal we've got man city um there's a there's a lot of tests coming up there, and I know that a lot of people say they're they're the free hits, they're the ones that we're not expecting points from, and I totally get that. Um, I, but I think that the resilience and being able to make sure that we take confidence where we can do uh, and take it forward, I don't think that I'm disheartened at all by how we've been. I think that um, like I, said, I, st- I still do think that we'll just scrape staying up, um, but it's really important that we show that typical Luton spirit, that, that cohesion, that battling spirit, and that we always get picked up on, whether it's a new signing or whether it's um, the management or whatever it is, they always say about how much of a tight-knit and excellent group it is. And I think that we need to make sure that that sticks through the next couple of months. Uh, I think that'll be really, really important. So, uh, yeah, nothing to nothing necessarily to worry about, just also aware that 
we've got some massive, massive teams coming to Kenilworth Road and we've got some big journeys ahead of us. So, um, yeah, quietly optimistic. And I hear what Phil's saying. And I hear what Phil's saying. But every team's going to have to face the big sticks eventually. It's just ours is coming up sooner rather than later. Um, honestly, honestly, I do agree with him. We're probably, we're probably just going to end up just barely scraping by with uh, survival. But even if we get relegated, we are still coming out massively ahead of this whole ordeal. We're getting millions of pounds, hundreds of millions of pounds, just being in the Premier League for one year. So whether we stay up in 16th or whether we finish dead last, we're coming out ahead no matter what. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's the big picture. It is the big picture. I said that on... Um... I think that interview, they got clickbaited by BBC Sport. If you listen to the full thing, I said, you know, we're still on the journey. This is not the final destination. It really isn't. Um, but people people have short memories. A lot of people weren't alive in, in the 83-84 season where we stayed up final day with that Radian Teach goal. That, uh, you know, and then we went on and had a successful decade in the in the top flight until like our players were cherry picked and we didn't have statistical analysis and, and recruitment analysts who, who could replace like for like, you know? And, and that's when we started the descent essentially. Um, but I guess I can wrap this up for this week. And I just want to say a big thank you once again to everyone that reached out to me. Uh, over these past two weeks. I love you all. Um, you can listen back to this pre-match phone-in across all podcast providers. Th- we'll also have a post-match phone-in going up after the game on Sunday. Uh, check out our socials. We are Luton Town on Facebook. We are Luton Town on Twitter. The Walk Podcast on Twitter. You find us on TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Discord and Reddit. And check out the Black Star Fly 3 giveaway going on. Winner announced at the end of the month. Thank you all for tuning in. Sports Social Podcast Network.